My name is Rebbi Baji, and this is our episode of Chasing Noor, our podcast about the light inside you, around you, and from the ancestors who came before you. So today I am interviewing um, Imam Aziz from Turbiya Institute. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sister. Thank you. And so I wanted to talk more about all the wonderful work that you do in terms of mental health and how you're one of the, um, you speak a lot about how mental health care is so important for our community. Why is that something that you choose to share about a lot? It's just, you know, my my knowledge of, of the, the, the sheer numbers of people in our community that suffer from this and the relative state of neglection um, that exists in, in our institutions, particularly the Masajid, the, the relative state of ignorance that many of our spiritual leaders uh, possess when it comes to this uh, issue. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the rising wave of atheism, you know, people losing their faith, or renouncing Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, there's no empirical data yet that supports this hypothesis, but I feel in my heart that mental health has a, a huge part to play in all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people go through these uh, periods of, of, of struggle and they hit the wall and they, they don't know what to do. They end up just blaming everything. They blame mm -hmm. family, they blame God, they blame the mosque. Mm -hmm. and, and it just becomes an easy way for them to just venture off and become a leaf basically carried by the wind. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if, if mental health is addressed, uh, there will be um, uh, it'll have a tremendous impact on on how our community members perceive of, of Islam and their masjid and their sense of purpose and so forth. Yeah, and I think something very powerful that you spoke about um, is that a lot of people say, you know, you should pray about it. If you're going through something hard, pray about it. A lot of my clients are always told that and then they feel frustrated because praying isn't providing the relief that they need. Exactly, and, and see that right there, I think, may be a contributing factor to people's iman, you know, their faith getting weaker and weaker and weaker, because whatever, if you go to a doctor and the doctor prescribes an antibiotic mm -hmm. to, to your infection and the antibiotic, you know, ends up not treating the infection, you will lose faith in both the antibiotic and, and the doctor mm -hmm. who prescribed it. Um, and so, I, I, I guess the, the, the fundamental point here that has to be made is that prayer does have an does have an impact. Mm -hmm. um, dua is, is important. You know your your spiritual bond with God is important. Mm -hmm. But there is, I think, another space that needs to be covered yeah. before you get there. Before that becomes effective. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like a lot of times that comes to the point where people feel like they're not good Muslims, and then that's where they step away more from their faith because of all that exactly. pressure. Exactly. So it's very yeah. powerful. And then you were um, you had spoken about. 
a uh, dua of despair and how powerful there was um, a way to pray and to have that connection, the story behind that. If you want to share more detail about that, because I thought it's very powerful. Um, so yeah, that was that was a beautiful hadith uh, in which uh, the Prophet once walked into the masjid in Medina when when he was not prayer time and, and he saw this uh, this man you know Abu Umama who uh, you know I think represents most of us you know you're 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 so upset and, and depressed and you know fed up with life that and you just go to the mosque when no one is there in order to cry um, and so he saw him sitting in the corner weeping and when the man saw the Prophet walking in he stood up and he wiped his tears pretended that everything is okay which is again it was what we do you know we keep it to ourselves and, and we don't want to disappoint the, the, the people that we love and the people that we respect so keep it to ourselves mm -hmm. so Prophet asked him you know hey what's going on why are you here why are you so upset and, and he told him you know it's just a lot of anxieties I have and a lot of debts I'm not able to pay off mm -hmm. and so I'm stuck and uh, and the Prophet taught him this hadith that is actually quite this dua that is that is quite popular it's you know in the in the ma'thurat in all the duas the adhkar of morning and in the evening you know people always say it Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan wa'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal wa'udhu bika min al-jubni wal-bukhl wa'udhu bika min al-ghalbat al-dayni wa-qahr al-rijal you know we can always translate that maybe in a minute but you know just to, to continue the story he said to him if you say this dua on a regular basis, you will gradually feel that your anxieties are fading away, your depression is, mm -hmm. you know, is going to lessen over time. And a lot of people think that this is just about the, the, the parrot repetition of, of, a, of a dua. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were taught growing up. And, uh, you know, I guess what I emphasized is that while the Prophet was you know, telling him something to say regularly uh, by way of asking God for help. He was also trying to help him understand the causes of his problem and the underlying factors that may have, you know, led him to this place of despair. You know, sort of like a subliminal message in the dua that I truly, truly enjoyed and I, I was fascinated with when I kind of came across, um, you know, a few years ago uh, mm -hmm. as, as I analyzed the dua. And so... Um, that is that is basically the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so talking about like the different parts within it. Um, so can you uh, describe more like part by part? Absolutely. Um, of that yeah. prayer, yeah. Yeah. So every component of the of the prayer is about seeking refuge in 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 God from some type of ailment, right? So Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan, Lord, I seek refuge in you from anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. right? And and anxiety is usually about the anticipation of bad things that may happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, depression is usually about feeling sad about things that already happened. Yeah. Right. So that basically covers these, you know, the future and the past. In other words, you know, the moment is what's lost because, you know, the, the reason our lives are wasted is because we're constantly worried mm -hmm. uh, about what's going to happen in the future. And we are constantly sad about what happened in the past or missed opportunities or what I did or didn't do. And what is missed and lost completely is the present, which is the only moment that I can actually control. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah. so th and I think that right there contributes so severely to, mm -hmm. to mental health struggles. You know, oh my God, this is what I did 
last year yeah. or oh my god this is what's going to happen next year yeah and feeling and stuck you're, yeah you're totally stuck you know you're the, the moment the present is not in that picture mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of uh, you know we, i always tell my students in particular that there has to be a lot of mindfulness in the yes. way we treat the day enjoy the moment if you're having dinner mm-hmm. focus on nothing else but just enjoy the food yeah. if you're listening exactly. to your favorite music or whatever listen to that and enjoy it if you're sitting in the backyard make it count if you're sitting with the kids don't worry you know there's always always something that happened or something that will happen and of so course. there's a subliminal message this is not just a dua hey you know you need to say this uh, 17 times every day there is there's an explanation here so Prophet was directing his attention that your struggles probably have to do with one of these two things. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. other part is um, I seek refuge in you, Lord, from um, helplessness or inability and laziness. In other words, are you struggling because perhaps you know you are not strong enough? To handle it, yeah. uh, are, are you are you bringing this upon yourself because you are just sitting there doing nothing? Do you need to be out there, not in the mosque, but out there hustling somewhere? You know, trying to turn things around in your own life. So, is it the past? Is it the future? Is it your laziness? Is it your lack of ability? Is it that you choose to be helpless? Mm-hmm. Is it your cowardice? Are you just not brave enough mm-hmm. to confront it? Yeah. Um, is it that it's going to require resources and mm-hmm. you are <laughs> greedy and you don't want to spend money on those resources? A lot of people complain about unemployment, for example, and that mm-hmm. get, makes them depressed. So the question is, do you need to spend money on a certification process? Do you need to mm-hmm. get a master's degree? Do you yeah. need to become a CPA, right? Mm-hmm. Invest um, you in know, it, yeah. Borrow money from mm-hmm. friends and family and do what you need to do in order to put yourself in a, in a better place. But people get stuck in that little space and the last portion I seek refuge in you from an overwhelming debt and from tyranny you know the the oppression of men and and so I, I personally feel like you know unless your mental health struggle is born out of you know bad chemistry mm-hmm. you know imbalance in the brain all the clinical stuff that really yeah. needs a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and needs medication and all that which you know may not be as common as we think i think yeah. most most of our mental health issues are circumstantial they are born out of situations uh, and so unless it's clinical that needs some type of medical yeah. intervention then perhaps it can be explained by one of these six or yeah is it six yeah mm-hmm. eight things yeah <laughs> uh, by one of these eight factors mm-hmm. i think that's what the prophet is saying and so mm-hmm. if you create a list of your problems and, mm-hmm. a, and, and a list of the causes you know that i just mentioned to you yeah. and you try to explore and see maybe one of these is causing the problem mm-hmm. then you'll be able to you know use your own human agency to do something about it. Yeah. Um, so that that is my understanding of mm-hmm. the dua. Yeah. And so, can you speak more about um, the tyranny of men and how that hold can have onto people to have that extra level of stress? Uh, I mean, like, how have you seen it? Like years ago, this? when I when I when I taught this hadith years ago, I used mm-hmm. to give examples about tyrants in the Middle East 
you know, <laughs> about Assad or, you know, MBS or, or, or Mubarak or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people that live in, the, in those countries, they experience that, you know, in a police state, you experience yeah. that tyranny every single day. Of course. You know, police officers stop you for no reason whatsoever. You have to pay a bribe in mm-hmm. order to get your stuff done. Government puts you in prison, you know, for no reason whatsoever. No control, yeah. But in the age of Trump, I think I can actually <laughs> use America as a good example now. You of know, course, the tyranny yeah. of men. I was just mm-hmm. reading the other day. You know, CBP officers literally just deporting people, sending them overseas with yeah. legitimate visas. Exactly. Because because of pictures they receive on WhatsApp. I'm like, yeah. wow, this is just Gestapo tactics. Here we are, 2019, the United States of America, you know, talk about the tyranny of men, right? Yeah. But at, at the micro level, we also experience the tyranny of men in, in relationships. You mm-hmm. experience that uh, if you uh, are married to an abusive husband. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. experience that, uh, you know, when, when one, one of your parents is, is very emotionally abusive. Yes. You experience that, uh, uh, you know, when you have an employer or a boss that is turning your life into a living hell. Yeah. And so... And you're stuck, yeah. And you're totally stuck. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so again, there's a there's an investigative analysis involved as I go through this mental exercise. Yeah. Which one of these things is causing my problems? Mm-hmm. And maybe if I'm able to diagnose the problem, I'll take necessary steps. Yeah. You know, you'll get a divorce if mm-hmm. you're married to an abusive man. Uh, you'll change jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, if you if you live in Pakistan or yeah. or yeah. Yemen, yeah. you know, maybe you need to do something about it. You know, I, I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to migrate but the idea is that most of us mm-hmm. as we struggle with mental health issues there it's very possible that there is a clear cause that we just haven't looked at yet um, unless like I said earlier it's it's an entirely clinical situation I think that's really interesting when I think of tyranny of men when I was listening to um your chutbah, it was interesting because I think a lot of uh, people get stuck in what people think of them. And a lot of members, maybe they formally were not as close to their faith, but they're trying to jump further into it. And then there is that feeling of being stuck between both worlds, of feeling conservative or being liberal. But when you're talking about tyranny of men, is there a part of it that is in terms of gossip or expectation and like those feelings? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because, you know, these are these are what, what what I call the the social institutions of tyranny. You know, the, the self-imposed tyranny, mm-hmm. where uh, you know our relatives, our friends, community members, our imams, our mm-hmm. leaders, they they set these unreasonable expectations, and yeah. you know they they look at you with a very judgmental eye. You walk into the mosque, you know, as a woman who's just exploring her faith without mm-hmm. hijab. You know, you, you don't necessarily pray. You're trying to figure things out. You're, you're automatically shunned yeah. because, At first you glance, know, oh, yeah. this is a hospital and our hospital is only for healthy people kind of mm-hmm. attitude, yeah. which, you know, doesn't make any sense. Exactly. There is tyranny involved in that. Mm-hmm. There is tyranny mm-hmm. involved in the way our behavior is redirected and redirected mm-hmm. by by gossip and, and slander and he said, she said, and and then we would try to sort of like satisfy a certain image or a certain expectation, mm-hmm, you know, dress mm-hmm. a certain way, yeah. define beauty a certain yeah, way, you know, define exactly. wealth a certain way. Oh my God, you know, my my, my cousin bought a really big house and, and, and a really nice boat. I, I gotta I gotta beat that. And mm-hmm. then you go on this journey to make more money, you know, mm-hmm. put yourself in tremendous agony 
in order to match that because otherwise I'll be a failure in my family. Everyone is going to be talking about me exactly. negatively. All of that, you know, is included under, you know, the tyranny of men. And of course, men here, not males, but, yeah. you know, it's just, it's all human human beings, all of us. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the huge contributing factors to, to our mental health struggles, obviously. Yeah, yeah. no, that's very interesting. Um, I think in terms of that also where it comes in, especially in the Southern California community, there's a lot of pressure if you are, um, have been recently divorced or you're stepping away from a and everything. So I think that's very powerful. You had spoken about a three-prong approach as to how to best be able to address some of the mental health challenges. Can you describe a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. See, the, the other day I was I was reading, you know, it was a couple of Fridays ago. And on mm-hmm. Fridays, you know, we're encouraged to read from Surah Al-Kahf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the remarkable story of Musa salam and, you know, the, the, the righteous man, the great teacher, Khadr, right? Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me in that story that I, I never really looked at the story through the eyes of the passengers of the ship that was mm. that, that, that they broke into or that, that they poked a hole in. We never looked at the story th- from the vantage point of the parents of the child that, that he killed, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I felt like it, if I'm a passenger of that ship, I will live my entire life not knowing why this guy that we gave a ride and we allowed to board our ship, you mm-hmm. know, poked a hole and destroyed our ship. Everyone was late to their business and their meeting and they were not able to cross and, you know, just their lives changed. Uh, if I'm the parent of this child, I would never know for the rest of my life mm-hmm. why my child was taken away from me. And so it, it, it just felt to me that one of the most effective methods of combating mental health issues is especially ones that are born out of very difficult trials and tribulations yeah. is to always accept that there is divine wisdom behind every action and every event that happens in my life mm. it's just like the parents of that child i might never know mm-hmm. and i just have to surrender that yeah this is god's choice and i i have to be okay with that i don't God doesn't have to provide explanations to every single person for of every course. single event. Sometimes yeah. he does, and then we're, we're <laughs> grateful for that. But, but most of the time, Allah's wisdom does not unfold, mm-hmm. at least not immediately. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I just wanted to emphasize that point because that, that might help a lot, of, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of your listeners. It certainly helped me yeah. a lot you know, when, I, when I looked at that uh, particular, particular perspective. But then, you know, again, if... You asked me earlier, you know, about some of the steps that we can take in order to, you know, take action if the hadith w- would were to have a, a sequel, mm-hmm. uh, right? <laughs> I think that Prophet Sallallahu would have prescribed some, some action, mm-hmm. would have prescribed some steps. Yeah. He would have given him some guidance as to what needs to be done. So, you mm-hmm. know, not to be dismissive, spirituality is yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. You know, being close to, to the mosque, to God, uh, you know, being I- immersed in religious knowledge mm-hmm. may actually help. It cannot help by itself. Yeah. It's not uh, it, it's not the only thing that can be done. And certainly, mm-hmm. you know, people cannot think that this is the only step that that is necessary everything else is a hoax that is obviously that actually causes more mental health issues (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know again the the, the spiritual process you know just like reading the story of Musa may may help a lot Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so keeping your spiritual awareness, your, your spiritual insight, keeping yourself grounded mm-hmm. definitely helps. And then there is the um, the component of uh, of seeking help, you know, from friends, from counselors, from you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But before I talk to that, there is another area in between that is always lost, right? So we jump from spirituality, from the work of the heart, mm-hmm. uh, right away into you know support system, yeah, you know support groups, things like that. There is an area in, in between that is always missed, and mm-hmm. that is introspection. Yeah. Uh, introspection is is b- going back to the hadith is mm-hmm. about me asking myself what am I going through and why am I going through this and confront the real questions in my life that I've been ignoring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm suffering. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. You know, oh, my husband this or my employer that. Yeah. But the question is, you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, mm-hmm. who is responsible? Yeah. You know, yeah, I know I can have a divorce. I understand. I live in America. I have the right to do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But this is going to affect the kids and, you know, financial mm-hmm. trouble and yeah. yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, there was a trigger that you could have pulled that you didn't pull. Introspection, I think, mm-hmm. helps you sort of like, number one, diagnose the problem. Yeah. Number two, be honest with yourself and ask yourself a very, very you know, serious question mm-hmm. is, is what's happening to me, you know, just a big conspiracy against me or am I an agent in, in this pain? Accountability, or yep. And, and the third piece that, that is involved in introspection is it helps you develop a positive attitude. So mm-hmm. sometimes I wake up and I'm just, I, I totally woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Of course, yeah. You know, I don't know, like serotonin, dopamine levels, yeah. you know, whatever, right? But what I do is that I, 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 I wake up, I go, I make wudu, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I pray. And I keep saying to myself, for the next two hours, mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. This is going to be an amazing day. Mm-hmm. Inshallah, Allah is with you. Allah will not abandon you. You know, all the words mm-hmm. that we say. Mm-hmm. And it starts as words, and it eventually internalizes. Yeah. And I start feeling it. And then mm-hmm. my, my attitude changed. I, by midday, I'm actually more positive. Yeah. Sometimes it's a choice. Of course, right? yeah. Uh, if I if I convince myself that happiness or joy mm-hmm. or, or at least content mm-hmm. comes from the inside and it's mm-hmm. not dependent necessarily on the outside, however much it may look yeah. like that, then then that introspective process might help you adjust things a little bit. So spirituality, introspection, uh, you know, followed by support. And support that is that is friends, that is the mm-hmm. mosque, that is talking to the imam, that mm-hmm. is talking to your parents, that is going to the counselor, that is seeking help, that is taking a medication if that exactly. is if that if is necessi- necessitated. Mm-hmm. You know, the Prophet ﷺ talked about um, a, a mixture of barley, w- you know, barley wheat mm-hmm. with honey and milk. You know, it's called talbina. It's in the sunnah mm-hmm. that something like this, when you eat it, it mm-hmm. makes you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some kind of a cereal, right? Yeah. With with milk and honey, and and so again, the symbolism is that the Prophet ﷺ was saying, "Hey, maybe at some point mm-hmm. you need some external help, yeah, in the form of of a medication, for mm-hmm. example, right?" Yeah. Uh, he himself, Ali when when he was uh, having an argument with his wife Aisha, he told her, "Maybe we need to seek help from a third party." Mm-hmm. And they did like mm-hmm. a family counseling with with uh, you know. Sh- so he asked her, "Who would you like?" You know, he said, no, you choose. I don't mind. And she chose her own dad, who also happens to be his best friend. Yeah. And they invited Abu Bakr to become their counselor, right? Mm-hmm. When when he I- encountered Jibreel, alayhi salam, for the first time, and, mm-hmm. and he, oh, my God, am I crazy? What's, what's wrong with me? Yeah. 
his wife takes him and they go meet her uncle Waraka in order to seek his help, right? Again, going to a third party, yep. you know, for a counseling session. Mm-hmm. I always tell couples that, that I do the nikah for, mm-hmm. you guys, every year it is best for you to go to a family and marriage therapist, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if you don't have any problems. Yeah. Because sometimes you will be able to identify some of those problems before they actually happen. So that that would be my my approach personally. This is what I apply to myself. Yeah. This is what I advise people when they come to me. Um, spirituality combined with introspection, combined mm-hmm. with strong support, yeah. you know, from people, from doctors, from counselors, from therapists, from mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, all of the three combined, I think, may yeah. may make a difference. Definitely, and I think it brings me back when you were sharing about it in terms of apathy and a lot of people feel like it is written like this is how the situation is you know I'm going to be with a husband who's abusive you know or this is just my destiny that you know I'm going to not be able to get married again or have children and so a lot of people feel stuck in the it is written as well within that Mm -hmm. and that's that goes into like the Excuse me, the 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 predestination, qada and qadr conversation. Yeah, that also has turned a lot of people away from Islam. By the mm. way, the misunderstanding of that yeah. has really led a lot of people into the 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 dark path. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, especially if they're abuse survivors or you know if they're experiencing different forms of trauma. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot. And so uh, you've also talked about like. Uh, in terms of like free speech to like Alyssa Panantala and to just be able to have that opportunity to just freely express your soul. Can you talk more about that? I mean, the people come to me and they say, okay, Imam, do you have a dua for this? Mm-hmm. Did you have a supplication for that? Yeah. I was like, you're, you're, you're Mexican. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with you something in Arabic mm-hmm. that you're going to say and you're not able to connect with and, mm. and you just, it, doesn't, it doesn't come from, from your heart. And he's like, oh, wait, can I actually make du'a in my own native language? I was mm-hmm. like, what other way can you can you make du'a anyway? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, the Prophet ﷺ used a lot of beautiful supplications that are so tremendously eloquent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's for me, it sounds like Urdu not. You know, if I if I don't understand Urdu, yeah. I mean, Urdu speakers they're so mesmerized. And I'm just sitting there. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't touch me because I don't understand it. If mm-hmm. if I don't understand, if I'm reading an Urdu statement or a statement in Chinese, mm-hmm. however powerful it might be, you know, for the native speaker, mm-hmm. it doesn't impact me. And if it doesn't impact me, then when I use it to talk to God, then it's not coming from my heart. Then yeah. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, it's not going to pay attention to that. Rather, I always tell people when you talk to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you lay it out on the table. Mm-hmm. As if this is a counseling session, as if you're talking to a friend. You're not mm-hmm. making requests, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like it's like Ibrahim alayhi salam. You know, when when they threw him in the fire, he said, "You know, mm-hmm. Allah's knowledge of my situation, oh, Lord. You know what I'm going through. So I mean, <laughs> I, there's, there's no need for me to say anything." Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. or Yunus alayhi salam in the middle of the whale. You know, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Lord, you know, the, the glory is to you. I was among the transgressors. I, in, mm-hmm. in other words, I admit to my mistakes. I know what I did. Mm-hmm. A little relief would be appreciated right about now. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes when you are with someone you love mm-hmm. and you don't need to converse, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you're, if you're with your, with your husband, you know, just a language of the eyes sometimes suffices. And why are we not trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And, and then, Lord... You know, you know what happened to me yesterday. You know, I, you, you saw everything, and mm-hmm. my intentions were this, and and it just came off that way. And 
I'm sorry, but at the same time, they overreacted, you know, literally telling the entire conversation, you know, going through the whole thing one more time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And then from the heart, Ya Allah, I, 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 I surrender to you. I confess that this is a weakness of mine. I have anger issues, and I and you know that I'm really working so hard and I'm trying. Yeah. And you know, if if you turn me away, you know, where am I supposed to go? You know, mm-hmm. there's no one except you. You are my only hope. This is the type of dua, you know, that that I that, that the scholars called munaja when you talk to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala as if it's just you and Him in the universe. Mm. There's nobody else, and yeah. He's your best friend. He's your ally, and not just. You know, means to an end. Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. For a lot of people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just means to an end. I pray your responsibility is to answer my prayer. Exactly. Right? Yep. In complete disconnect from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants at the end of the day is friends. Mm-hmm. He created Adam alayhi salam to, to become the, the, his man mm-hmm. on this earth, mm-hmm. right? To take care of his interests and to yeah. make this earth a, a better place. So, in other words, he created man to be his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're the, the, your trustee has to be someone you trust. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, rather, we treat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as someone that is just supposed to do our bidding. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that when we treat Allah with this attitude yeah. and He doesn't answer, we we get upset. Exactly. And yeah. we complain. Yeah. Hey, I said all the du'as in the little booklet that the Imam gave me and it didn't work. And where right? are you? Yeah. And then the Quran says, you know, Dhuni astajiblakum, pray and I will mm-hmm. answer. I did and he didn't answer. <laughs> Look at your attitude. You know, if you if you talk to, to your to your mom or your friend like this, mm-hmm, they, they mm-hmm. will just literally just walk away. But we have no problem using this attitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we get upset when the, the response is silence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And silence is not meant for Allah to reject you. Rather, silence is meant for Allah to help you see that this is not the right way. In the course of making dua an intimate moment and an intimate experience, you actually discover more about yourself Mm -hmm. and you become more honest with yourself. And maybe this will help you overcome some of your own mental health issues by just being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I think a lot of people feel intimidated to be able to even do that because it seems like it's such a big formal thing. But just like releasing and letting it out is so powerful. And I think also um, you had kind of talked about compassion and, you know, like compassion for somebody else who may have, you know, experienced something negative in order for you to experience something positive. So in terms of forgiveness, like what have you, what have you experienced in terms of, of members feeling, you know, having a hard time forgiving themselves or, you know, even accepting forgiveness from somebody else? Uh, it, it has a huge impact, obviously, on on our hearts, on our minds, on, yeah. on the way we are able to grapple with the difficult realities of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the the I, I was I was actually just preparing the khutbah. You know, this this for this Friday, mm-hmm. and and I came across the beautiful story during Hijrah because you know the first of Muharram is coming up. And so the new Hijri year is upon us. And, mm-hmm. and and so we always talk about Hijra in this time frame, but I wanted to, again, look at the story from a different vantage point. So when I traced the story, uh, there was a story of, of Umm Ma'bad, mm-hmm. who is this old lady that was in her tent with, with a goat, and her husband was out you know, in the fields grazing for his livestock. And the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr, they ran out of food and they ran out of sustenance and they came to this random tent. They, they asked if the lady would let him in 
They're complete strangers to her. She doesn't know who they are. They enter, they ask her for food, and she trusted them. And she said, well, you know, the only thing I have here is water and this goat. And and the goat is not pregnant. It's very weak. You know, it, it, it won't yield any milk. And the Prophet you know, hey, can I, uh, can you give me permission to try and milk the goat? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he milks the goat. They they drank the milk. All of them filled their stomachs. You know, milked a little bit more and left. It's a beautiful story. Left the, the milk with her, and then and then they went back on their way. Mm-hmm. And I realized this that what this lady really did was an act of kindness to a complete stranger mm-hmm. and this act of kindness to a complete stranger when we take a risk on someone we don't know yeah right mm-hmm. it, it, see how that impacted islam itself i mean it's safe to say had the prophet ﷺ not found sustenance at that point mm-hmm. perhaps he would have perished so Umm Ma'bad with her trusting a stranger and sharing some of the blessings with a stranger uh she impacted the entire world yeah and impacted her own life and she was not even muslim she did you know at that point and so acts of kindness to to other people acts of of compassion uh you know my my kids recently insisted on you know bringing two cats home and which i was resistant to for the longest time (laughs) until my wife said this she said you know pets teach children uh, about empathy Mm mm-hmm and it really hit me hard. Yeah. Because I, I was like, that's really important right there. And I, I totally I totally get got it when, when my wife mentioned that and now I have two cats <laughs> at home that we have to take care of. Um and so acts of kindness, uh, acts of empathy, acts of compassion, you know, even at, like you said earlier, acts of forgiveness. Yeah. Because forgiveness at the end of the day serves us mm-hmm. a lot more than it serves the the forgiven. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala taught us, uh, you know, show forgiveness or show compassion to those who live on this earth, so that He who dwells the heavens may show compassion to mm-hmm. you. you. You cannot seek the the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala if you're not willing to forgive others around you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have a mental mental health struggle because they were they're traumatized. Yeah by one encounter, yeah. one experience with someone, abandonment, violence, whatever it is. Yeah. And they carry that grudge forever. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Who who suffers the most from yeah. the grudge? It, 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 you do. Mm-hmm. And unless you have closure and you you come to terms or mm-hmm. come to grips with it and forgive the person, move on with your life, mm-hmm. you're going to continue to suffer. And you can again, goes back to what circles back to what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm, it's about mm-hmm. the introspective process yeah. so that you're able to diagnose where the problem is and mm-hmm. what can you, uh, how you can use your own agency in order to resolve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely forgive, forgiveness would, would, would serve that purpose if I'm able to identify that as one of the causes of my own struggles. Yeah. Just let it go, move mm-hmm. on. I know it's e- easier said than done, mm-hmm. but it's it, that's your trial. That's a mental exercise that you have to go through. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of ties into pride being related to cowardice also because it takes a lot of courage to apologize as well and also to Absolutely. accept apology. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to the beginning, Dua. Thank you so much. That was all so powerful. And I feel like a lot of people can gain healing from that. What would you say to somebody who's listening to this, who is scared to ask for help? Maybe it's um, an uncle or, you know, a brother in the community that even more layers of, you know, struggle to ask for help. What would you say to somebody who's scared? I would say mental health issues are nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's a, 
disease. It's an illness, just like any other illness. You may yeah. contract a viral infection. You may contract depression, right? In terms of viral infection, maybe you're sloppy. Maybe your eating habits are not clean. Maybe you made contact with something without washing your hands or whatever. Well, depression is the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. you were in the midst of a situation, things happen, encounters, whatever, mm-hmm. and it, it left you with, with these very negative feelings. So yeah. you should, number one, the acknowledgement that there should be no shame, yeah. right? Number two, the acknowledgement that help does exist out there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Number three, acknowledgement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually on your side, mm-hmm. but there is some steps that you have to take yeah. in order for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to render you help. Exactly. You can't just be sitting there ajz and kasal, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. helplessness and, and laziness mm-hmm. and then expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to just make things, exactly. you know, change things in your life. Yeah. So these acknowledgements are really, really important and, and my call to religious leaders in particular is to take this matter with the utmost seriousness mm-hmm. because this is a serious challenge in, in our own community, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, it used to be, you know, sex and drugs, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 15 years ago. Today, it's mental health and atheism. Yeah. And they're all very interconnected, both exactly. of them. Exactly, um, yeah. And, and let me end with this. Through the course of my own career, mm-hmm. my own experience growing up, and the, the tons and tons of methods that we used, mm-hmm. especially with the youth, mm-hmm. I am telling you, the one thing, and this is just one word, that can help significantly with both the, 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 the challenge of atheism mm-hmm. and the challenge of mental health issues is robust mentorship. It, it, creating that, that mentorship system yeah. within our massage and our institutions has become of the utmost necessity where not random youth programs and youth activities and let's go on a trip and organize a basketball tournament. Yeah. No, a consistent process of mentorship mm-hmm. by which a group of youth, you know, 5, 10, 15 or whatever are connected to one person that delves deep into their lives, you know, slices through the shields and, and not teach them Islam. That's yeah. not, that, that, that always comes by itself. It's natural. But you know, to be there for them, to understand their family problems. You mm-hmm. are the person that they pick up the phone and call when they need help. If they cannot, you know, talk to their parents, you're mm-hmm. the one that they're going to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can be done very easily. You know, some um, people love cars very much. Identify 10 guys in the community, teenagers that just love cars. And mm-hmm. then you start going to car shows together and having meetings at the masjid and maybe like a little car clinic and you know, and then, you know, fix cars for people for mm-hmm. free once a month. Yeah. You know, some people just love sports. Some people love to play the piano, right? Yeah, it's it, the trust it's there. Very, it's very easy for the community with some little organization mm-hmm. to match all kinds of youth with different interests, mm-hmm. with all mm-hmm. kinds of adults with similar interests. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the Islamic education component yeah. can o- only occupy 5 or 10% of those encounters sometimes. Yeah. You know, once a month, you know, the imam comes in and, and says a couple of words, mm-hmm. you know, but that mentorship process has become of the utmost importance, I think, for the health of our community. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's just like when you build that safe space and that trust, then more opportunities can come up and more conversations can come up. You had also mentioned that um, the the other dua. Can yes. you explain that a little bit more as the, a wrap the, up? The, la wala um, there's no strength nor um, uh, might mm-hmm. uh, except that which comes from Allah. Uh, this, the Prophet ﷺ says that this is one of the treasures of Jannah. 
um, in the Sunnah, we're actually encouraged to say that at least a uh, hundred times a day. Uh, and when you see something sad, when you experience loss, mm-hmm. uh, a calamity, the first word that should come out of your mouth is la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Um, in the other hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, you know, that la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah treats more than 70 ailments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the least severe of which is anxiety. Uh, one of those beautiful references to mental health struggles in the sunnah uh, of the Prophet ﷺ. So definitely one of those beautiful duas that we, that we need to say regularly, but also has its own subliminal meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there is no power uh, or strength except that which comes from Allah, which means I need to exercise strength, but seek more strength from Allah. Not sit in my place and yeah. wait for all the strength that comes from Allah. Exactly. He's not saying there is no power or strength except mm-hmm. that which comes from Allah. Mm-hmm. He's saying that power and strength are meaningful. Uh, I'm sorry. They are meaningless mm-hmm. unless they are coming from Allah as well. Yeah. So I have to put my share mm-hmm. of power and strength and then and then seek you know, more help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's, that's why it says billah, not min Allah. Mm-hmm. There is no power or strength except with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little more coming from Allah to complete it. Uh, as opposed to saying that it all just comes from Allah. No, it has, part of it has to come from us. And then the rest of it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, if you don't mind just ending it with um, any dua that you would like to do. Definitely, definitely. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Allahumma lakal hamdu kama yanbaghi li jalali wajhika azim sultanik. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim tasliman kathira. Taqabbal minna innaka anta as-samiyul alim wa tub alayna innaka anta at-tawwabur rahim. Allahumma inna ya rabbana نسألك بأسمائك الحسنى وصفاتك العلى نسألك بكل اسم هو لك سميت به نفسك أو أنزلته في كتابك أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك أن تجعل القرآن العظيم ربيع قلوبنا وجلاء همومنا وغمومنا وذهاب أحزاننا اللهم علمنا منه ما جهلنا وذكرنا منه ما نسينا وارزقنا تلاوته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار على النحو الذي يرضيك عنا اللهم اجعلنا ممن قرأ القرآن فيرقى ولا تجعلنا ممن ترك القرآن فيشقى Almighty Allah we thank you for the endless blessings that you have granted each and every one of us we thank you for health and wealth we thank you for family and security we thank you for bringing us into the fold of Islam we thank you for this beautiful deen of ours we thank you for making us among the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ya Allah we ask you with your power and might with every beautiful name you possess including names that you have taught the prophets and the messengers and names that you've kept with you in the knowledge of the unseen we ask you with the most powerful of your names to make the Quran the spring of our hearts to make it the alleviation of our uh, pains to make it the allaying of our fears to make the Quran the removal of our struggles to make it the erasing of our anxiety and depression Ya Allah we ask you to make us among the people of the Quran and those who are blessed with the Quran and those who ascend with the blessings of the Quran and those who enter uh, Jannah with the guidance of the Quran Allahumma Ameen Ya Allah we ask you to be there for all of our brothers and sisters that struggle with any mental or physical ailment we ask you to 
cleanse their bodies, their hearts, and their minds from any disease and any pain. Allah, we ask you to show them a sense of purpose, to show them the wisdom, and to give them enlightenment. Ya Allah, we ask you to strengthen our shoulders so that we are able to bear our burdens. Ya Allah, we ask you to strengthen our brotherhood and sisterhood, to strengthen our ummah and community. And Ya Allah, we ask you to gather all of us in the highest level of your Jannah. Allahumma ameen. Wa sallallahu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.